It's Sunday morning. Time for the Great Outdoors with Charlie Potter. Brought to you by the all-new Chevy Silverado and ChevyDriveChicago.com on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Welcome to the Great Outdoors Show. Charlie Potter, your host here on WGN Radio. Thank you very much for joining me as we work our way through summer. One of the things that happens in summer, if you take the time to really look at things in the woods at night, you will see fireflies. I remember as a child living on a farm in northern Illinois, And one of our great joys after dinner in July, after all all the chores were done and everything, was to go out once it was dark with a old glass jar and collect fireflies. And then we we would punch holes in the top of the tin of the old glass mason jar. And the fireflies would live in there at night at night and light up the room. We would turn off all the lights and we would have these jars with three or four, five, half a dozen fireflies in each one. And we would sit there as kids and we in a totally dark room in our farmhouse and we would we would watch fireflies at night. And in recent years, I along with so many others have realized we don't have the fireflies in this part of the world we used to. We don't have anything close to the fireflies that we used to. So much to my surprise and amazement and joy, this past Thursday evening, I was in a part of Illinois, just west northwest of Chicago, uh, near one of the Kane County Forest Preserves, after dark, about 10 o'clock at night. And I was having a walk, and I noticed these fireflies, and suddenly there were lots of them, hundreds of them. I stood, I stopped, and I did something that we don't do often enough. I just was quiet and didn't move. I was alone, and I watched the night come alive, the grass come alive as fireflies just by the hundreds started to emerge. It was about 10 o'clock at night. And it took me back to a time when fireflies were really common. To a time today where seeing fireflies makes you stop, actually, and watch them. And I stood there for what turned out to be over 30 minutes, just with my arms folded, watching. And I tried to take a video, but but that didn't work because when the light came on, you couldn't see the fireflies. And if I turned the light off, it was too dark to see the fireflies. But it was one of those things where it made me think, first of all, about the simplicities of summer. And I always do a show in August with Carrie Luft, and we talk about books and great, great books to read in the summer in August under that shade tree. And August, well, August is no longer America's vacation month. 
because of colleges going back so early and kids going back for soccer practice and all the things that, that happened in our lives, which COVID last year actually gave us a hiatus from. Uh, but they'll be back this year. And that's a good thing as far as being back to somewhat of normal. But it's not a good thing from the point of view of society just taking a moment to catch its breath. And so I there on Thursday night just took that moment and I watched these fireflies. There'll be one in front of me, two feet in front of me, and then there'll be another one off to the right and then another one off to the left and then further out and above me. And, and they're always right above the grass line. You don't see fireflies high in the air. They're coming out of the grass. And it was in a, a wooded area that had been uh, a year ago cleared out. And so the grass was, even in this year of, of relative dryness until recently, the grass was still nearly waist high. And the fireflies by the hundreds, and I would guess actually by the thousands, came out and did what they do at night. It was magical when I was a kid watching them in our hay fields. And it was magical now as I watched them on Thursday evening. And it really made me think, we, we just need to take time to appreciate the simplicities of nature. And I know many of you listening this morning, uh, or you wouldn't listen to the Great Outdoors show, take that kind of time. And we need to take time with our kids or our grandkids or nieces or nephews and remind them that we don't have to at all times be in an electronic world. Sometimes all the electricity we need is provided by nature. And being out in the total darkness on a cloudy evening with no moon, no stars, the, the electricity was provided by fireflies, that, that magical insect that, that can literally illuminate a forest at night, but which with the huge use of pesticides and fertilizers, has taken a terrible toll. And, and I think it's one of those indicators that we, we all need to think about is we're learning now about the reported billion, multi-billion, three billion bird decline, according to Cornell University in the last 50 years. Three billion birds have vanished by, by the best estimates from the best scientific ornithological lab in the world in North America alone in the last 50 years. Fireflies obviously aren't birds, they're an insect, but they sure are an indicator. And I guarantee you, there are just not even a fraction of the fireflies today that we had as youth growing up here in the Midwest around Chicago. They're gone. You can, you can walk across golf courses at night. You don't see a firefly. You can, you can look into all kinds of places where chemicals are used heavily. It's killed them all. We don't study this. It's anecdotal. But if you spent your life in the outdoors, or much of it as I've had the great pleasure to do, and you grew up in a rural part of the state, as I was fortunate to be able to do in northern Illinois, and you look at it now, and you, we know we don't have anywhere near the number of birds, but we, and most people would think, well, that's a great thing that we don't have anywhere near the number of insects. And that's, that's great when you're sitting in your backyard. And I, and I, and I for one, doesn't, don't like insects around me any more than the rest of us do. But when you look at things like fireflies, which to the best of my knowledge, never bit anybody, and, and you realize, and they're visible, and you realize how few there are, or in some areas where there are absolutely none where they used to be, 
um, it makes you stop and think for a second, what's going on? Part of the reason we could be losing so many birds is because we've lost so many insects. Birds have to have insects in order to live, in order to feed their young. It's, a, it's an absolute staple of many bird species being able to eat insects as, as, as they emerge as chicks. And we don't even think, of, we don't think about ducks. One of the great food sources for ducks are midges, which we'll talk more about as the movie Wings Over Water begins to become reality, which is, could be a transformational film for conservation. But anyway, I just thought I would share with you on a Thursday night in Kane County, Illinois, in my view, the night the fireflies came alive, it had been, frankly, decades since I'd seen them like this. And maybe it's the tremendously dry weather we've had, which, which made it a great year for fireflies. I don't know. But it sure was great to see them. When I come back in a moment, I'm going to talk a little bit about fish. Always like to talk about fish. I'm going to talk a little bit about bird feeders. And, and I'm also going to talk about, I'm actually going to start off with talking about the current administration's desire in Washington to change the waters of the United States uh, to revert back to where it was prior to the Trump administration and what this may or may not mean from both a agricultural as well as conservation and, and land rights perspective. I thank you so much for listening. This is Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of Chicago in America, 720 WGN. And now a message from our longtime sponsors, the Northwest Indiana and Chicagoland Chevrolet dealers. In the field, hunters need to be alert. Sense the environment around them and know exactly where they are communicate seamlessly with their dogs. And when it comes to pickup trucks, you want the same qualities. The all-new Chevy Silverado comes with an available 4G Wi-Fi hotspot for seamless communication. It's designed to handle the toughest loads with advanced trailering technology, tough on the road and off. And the all-new design gives you more cargo space than the competition. Chevy Silverado is the most dependable, longest-lasting, full-size pickup on the road. Plus, there's never been a better time to see your local Chevy dealer about the Big Fix lease. It's an amazing lease deal that can lower your monthly payments and give you more Chevy, all for less money. That's a treasure hunt. So head to your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealer or go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and see why Chevy is the number one best-selling brand in Chicagoland, now eight years running. It's Charlie Potter and the Great Outdoors on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Welcome back to the Great Outdoors show. Charlie Potter, your host here on WGN Radio, and hope you enjoyed that little bit of a story about fireflies. Uh, but let's for now move from fireflies to, well, actually something that's important to wildlife. And that is the current administration, the Biden administration's efforts to, to change out the previous administration's efforts to scale back the number of streams, marshes, and other wetlands that fall under the federal protection of the, of the waters of the United States. Uh, this has been something that we've been dealing with, well, for, for, gen- for actually for the last 50 to 60 years. What are the waters of the United States? Who's responsible for, for managing wetlands? What the navigable stream? All these things are related. And agriculture is in the middle of this. And increasingly, conservation's in the middle of it, because we know beyond any doubt that if we continue to lose wetlands, we will increase flooding because wetlands 
The water didn't go anywhere. It just gets moved downstream faster. We will vastly harm our underground aquifers, which soak up like a sponge from underneath these wetlands. And we will continue to see a great degradation of, of waterfowl habitat in particular. And there's no portion of the country that is more vital to birds than the wetlands of the prairies from northern Iowa all the way up into central Canada, what's known as the prairie pothole region. And those wetlands, by and large, have never been under the protection of the federal government because they are mostly self-contained units that don't drain into a waterway. So the Biden administration is, is saying we, we have to protect these wetlands. We cannot afford to let more wetlands be drained, exacerbate our flooding problem, further decrease our underground aquifers, and, and further erode areas that we need for migratory birds. Agriculture, on the other hand, and understandably says, well, our equipment is not designed to run little circles around or big circles around wetlands. Our equipment is designed to go straight across a field, back and forth. Our equipment is increasingly large, increasingly expensive. And by the way, I pay taxes on those wetlands that society benefits from. But by leaving them as wetlands, as not being able to farm them, I am not deriving any benefit financially. It actually is a cost to me. I've got to go around them. And I'm paying property taxes on them. So it's costing me money. And I'm getting zero production. And you know what? I, I sit here in northern Iowa, and I think the ducks and grease and cranes are just fine. And I love seeing the yellow warblers. I love seeing all that. But why should I subsidize a, uh, a bird watcher in Louisiana or a duck hunter in Arkansas or in Illinois? Why, why should I raise sandhill cranes that fly through Illinois in the spring and fall, and, and we stand here and marvel at them? Why should I subsidize that? So, because I'm not getting any value out of them. And I, and this is costing me money. It's a real question. And it's been a real question ever since we began, began settling the prairies and draining wetlands across America. The Biden administration, whether you like what they're doing or not on this is bringing this issue into focus. And by bringing it into focus, I think there is a real chance that we can come up with, for the first time, some solutions that are not regulatory. We can regulate all we want. Farmers don't like regulation. Nobody likes regulation. But if we can come up with a system that rewards landowners for doing good things on their land, landowners will do good things on their land. If we could find, figure out a system that says if you keep wetlands on your property, you don't pay property taxes on those wetlands, or you receive X per acre to keep those wetlands on your property. We've done this with the Conservation Reserve Program. We've done this with the Wetlands Reserve Program. We put an actual value on farmland and said, if you don't farm that 10 acres, we're going to pay you, say, $50 a year not to farm that, that 10 acres of, of grasslands. But we don't do that for wetlands, and wetlands are are the heart are the absolute heartbeat of of our of our entire ecosystem. And the three billion birds that we talk about 
having disappeared now over the last 50 years, it's largely because we've lost so many wetlands. And when we've lost wetlands, we've lost insect life, we've, we're breaking the whole ecosystem down. So I, I would offer that really what we want to do is, is not return to the quote-unquote Obama-era clean water rules that were clearly a burden and, and overreach in many cases to farmers, real estate developers, and other businesses on how they could use their land. I don't think as a society we want to we want to tie the hands of people who own the land and private property rights. But I think what we should do is look at ways to incentivize people to do good things as we do in so many other areas of our economy. That's where we're headed, I hope, with a relook at the Clean Water Act and the waters of the United States. If we could just look forward and, and not revert to this, to this restrictive, if you will, carrot and stick approach or regulatory approach and make it an economic situation, I think we would find that we have a lot of winners. With just a minute left I have, I have good news. Feed your birds. Recent reports out that have been studied, and I'll discuss more of this in the coming weeks, say that bird feeders are in fact very good. They're helping birds. They help them year round. There was a study done that, that wondered whether bird feeders made birds too dependent on humans and not able to forage themselves, the overwhelming evidence is not at all. What bird feeders do is enable birds to be healthier. They're no more dependent on humans than they were before. You take away the bird feeder, the birds go somewhere else to feed, and they won't feed as well. So have at it. And by the way, feeding birds in summer is just as good for birds as it is feeding them in winter. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you've enjoyed the Great Outdoors Show. And if you have a chance, Pick a night this summer or pick lots of nights this summer and go out and see if you can find some fireflies. It's a fun thing to do. And, and frankly, it, re, it, it reinvigorates the, the belief uh, in summer and the way it used to be. Thanks for listening. This is Charlie Potter in the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America, 720 WGN.